Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about pro wrestling. So, when I first started trying to figure out some ideas for, some ideas and topics for this uh, show, I had originally wanted to do and discuss the Wednesday Night Wars, as they were calling it. The Wednesday Night Wars for, um... Since October 2019, you could say was NXT, which is a WWE product, versus AEW, which is a new product, which is also called uh, All Elite Wrestling. So originally, I was going to be discussing like the Wednesday Night Wars, but since then, the Wednesday Night Wars has ended, with NXT ending up moving to uh, Tuesday nights and AEW staying on. Wednesday nights on TNT, and NXT was originally and still is on USA Network on Tuesdays now. So to give a bit of a background, um, NXT originally was, uh, it debuted in 2010, and it was kind of like a reality show. It was kind of like a reality type competition where you had new wrestlers who were coming in through their developmental system, and they were teaming with, uh, pros so it was like rookies got teamed up with pros um to be on this uh uh reality type competition some of the pros back then were like CM Punk and I believe Chris Jericho uh the Miz because the Miz was teamed up with Daniel Bryan CM Punk was teamed up with Darren Young and Chris Jericho was teamed up with Wade Barrett so one of the um Things was this was just supposed to be kind of like something like uh, tough enough, but a lot more like entertainment based. And like I said, it debuted in 2010. Um, then uh, it they revamped the show completely two years later in 2012. So it had originally started out being on sci-fi, but then after I believe a couple of years and I guess it just wasn't doing as well as everyone thought it was. It eventually got a, it eventually got replaced. No, actually, I got that wrong. ECW was a, ECW when they brought back ECW or ECWWE as some fans call it. Um, originally NXT got NXT ends up replacing ECW, and then ECW eventually just gets replaced with SmackDown on Sci-Fi. So. It went from the WWE.com and then eventually it got revamped again to the point where it had debuted on the WWE Network. Now, the early stages of this version of NXT feature some current WWE Raw and SmackDown talent you probably recognize. This NXT in 2014-2015 was the revamped version that you see... uh, Dean Ambrose, who's now called John Moxley, you see Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Bo Dallas, Big E, Xavier Woods. A lot of the current roster you see now on TV came from the original version of this, so like a Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So it wasn't until 2019 when I guess word got around that uh, the Young Bucks, who are known across the um, outside of the company, who are known for like their work with Ring of Honor, um, 
They've been in Impact. They've worked New Japan for a majority of their careers. They've worked a couple of indie shows and basically made a big name for themselves. So along with them, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, uh, Hangman Adam Page, uh, and uh, a bevy of other people, and Brandy Rhodes, Cody Rhodes' wife, uh, they decided to take a chance and create something, create their own wrestling promotion with the help of uh, Tony Khan who is a uh, millionaire, and he has done his work with the Jacksonville Jaguar, so he has that, like, um, uh, footing in football. So there's that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't really come up with a better terminology for that. But his background is mostly in football, but he's been a long-time, like, wrestling fan. He's a big fan of ECW and then WCW and a little bit of WWE. But he's a bigger fan of, like, ECW and, like, WCW. So, basically, they all decide to take a chance on themselves and create AEW, which is All Elite Wrestling. So, what they uh, decided to do, they decided to... Like, get Chris Jericho involved, because by this time, Chris Jericho had left the WWE, um, and they decided to start their own company. So, there's that. So, I think word got out about AEW going on Wednesdays, and then on top of that, going on TNT. And TNT is known, like, 20 years ago for being the um, spot where WCW, which was 20 years ago, WWE's main competition during the 90s, in the, so the late 90s, early 2000s, I should say. So, word got out that they were going to be debuting on network television on August of 2019, so WWE decided to take NXT, which was on the WWE Network at this time, they decided to branch that out and put it on network television and also put that on USA Network. Because USA, they have a relationship with New, uh, USA Network because Raw has been on USA Network for the past couple of years. So, that's a little bit of background for both companies just so you're interested. So on this episode, I'm mostly just going to be talking about some of the pros and the cons of NXT and AEW as a whole, um, some of my favorite wrestlers, some of the reasons why I continue to watch it and why I recommend it and why they're both good and why it's a much needed thing in the wrestling business currently right now. So uh, to give a bit of a background as far as NXT is concerned, NXT for me is better than Raw and SmackDown TV-wise, as far as me being a pro wrestling fan and watching professional wrestling on network television. I feel as though NXT is better than Raw and SmackDown. Reasons being, the wrestling is better. Like, the wrestling, to me, there's a very big emphasis and um, focus on the professional wrestling aspect within NXT. From their takeovers to, like, any of their specials, like the Great American Bash they recently did, the In Your House, um, bringing back Halloween Havoc and War Games, like, everything, like, those, like, old school, um, pay-per-views and, like, the old school mentality of focusing on wrestling. It's a lot more grittier, it's a lot more intense, and it's a lot more hard-hitting, which is one thing I really, really value. And one thing I really, really look forward to when watching professional wrestling. So, one aspect that's a pro for me is the wrestling is better. 
another pro, the stories are more compelling to me. There's my biggest um, critique of WWE product, Raw and SmackDown, for the past couple of years was the very um, unrelatable storylines. So with the storylines in NXT, there is a little bit of those aspects, but for a good majority of it, it's just we want to be better than our competition. It, a lot of the wrestlers and a lot of the storylines is like, I know I can beat this person. I know I can beat this person. I'm the best. I'm striving for this one goal, and that's to be the be, be is to be the best. And a lot of the storylines, they're they're very compelling. They're a lot more um, hard hitting, and they're a lot more emotionally like I'm I'm more emotionally invested in the storylines within NXT as a product. Uh, another one, this one may be minor, but uh, the music, like I'm I'm a really big fan of the music aspect. So like Triple H is the uh, main head honcho of NXT. So a lot of the music that he picks is like a lot more rock based. Like you can tell, like, cause Triple H himself is a big metal head and he's a big metal fan. So a lot of the music is from metal artists. So like Cold Orange, uh, Poppy, uh, there's a whole bunch of like metal music that is used within NXT from the opening, like, I remember the original theme song for NXT was uh, Welcome Home by Coheed and Cam uh, Cambria. I think that's how you pronounce the second part. But, like, listening to this music, be and it it's catches me because, one, I'm a huge fan of it. And to hear it, because I remember, like, back in the day when I used to, like, back in the day, remembering what one of the things that drove me and one of the things that kept me watching was the fact that there was a lot of rock music being used in WWE. But since then, it's it's gotten a lot more like a country, poppy, rap route. And no offense to those other genres, but that's not my genre that I'm into. The genre I'm into is mostly rock and metal music. So when I hear it on NXT, it draws me and it makes me a big fan of it. And it, it's what's kept me interested in it. Um... Speaking of Triple H, another aspect. Uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, the influence of Dusty Rhodes throughout the years. Um, may he rest in peace. Uh, William Regal and Road Dog. Like NXT for me, one of the drawing points for it is the fact that it's a brand that's built by wrestlers for wrestlers. Because nobody knows, like, no offense to Vince McMahon or Mr. McMahon. Uh, but I feel as though you, when you're somebody who's involved and somebody who's like been in those wrestler's shoes to understand the trials and tribulations, the creative process, I feel as though sometimes you need somebody who understands what's that like and what it likes to feel those like, um, to be unsure of yourself, to like put yourself out there creatively. I feel as though they have a bigger eye to it because they've been there. So to see, like, the fact that most recently, like, I think it's been a couple of years now, Shawn Michaels uh, came out of retirement, so to speak, and has started, like, helping out the current and the, yeah, the current batch of new wrestlers that have come in and superstars that have come in. To have him at the helm of it is really, really um, 
important because a lot of these new wrestlers and a lot of these wrestlers have heard of names like Shawn Michaels and Road Dogg because the generation, my generation, grew up watching these guys. So, of course, they're going to be influenced by them. And to be taught by some of the best in the business is another plus. So, there's that. Uh, another thing, uh, the wrestlers. I love... A majority of all these wrestlers, because they're all different, not all of them look the same, they're different, they have different personalities, different aspects, they always um, deliver, and it's just, it's an amazing product, and I, like, some of my favorite wrestlers, uh, to be honest with you, are like, uh, Adam Cole, Bronson Reed, uh, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, Finn Balor, uh, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Ember Moon. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, like, I'm so happy to see what he's been able to do these past couple of weeks. Uh, Karrion Cross, I, I love Karrion Cross. like, that dude's ring entrance, him and Scarlet in the ring entrance alone is just, it's, it's, it's just mesmerizing. Uh, Grizzled Young Veterans, Kyle O'Reilly, I really like what they're doing with Kyle O'Reilly. LA Knight is entertaining as all hell, because <laughs> just hearing him speak, is just amazing. Uh, Pete Dunne, Timothy Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa, uh, MSK uh, are a couple of people I like, as well as Mercedes Martinez and Shotzi Blackheart, and Raquel Gonzalez, too. And Zoe Stark. I like what they're doing with Zoe Stark and Tony Storm, so that's another thing that interests me. Because you see a lot of these, like, really talented individuals, especially, like, um, two people that really... Uh, come to mind are like Finn Balor and Ember Moon. Uh, they started out in NXT and then moved to the main roster, had marginal success, and then went back to NXT, and now they're killing it. So th those are one of the main reasons why I really enjoy watching NXT is because of the wrestlers. And the women's division, in my wholehearted opinion, is way better. Like, this is... I will stand on this and I will die on this sword. NXT's women's division is the best women's division in wrestling currently right now that I've watched. And that's like... I've just recently got back into watching Impact Wrestling, so I gotta get more into and start watching more of the product to see how their women di women's division um, uh, compares. But currently, right now, I have to say this, NXT's women's division is currently on fire, and it's the best division in wrestling right now, my opinion. If you disagree, you disagree. Now, along with those pros... I got to go into the cons. And with the cons of NXT, I have to say some of them, it's only really two. It's really like, it can, like, even though it's its own brand, it's its own product, it's still under that WWE umbrella. So it kind of can get a bit ridiculous sometimes to the point where you don't necessarily, like, see where the storyline is headed and it can get a little bit ridiculous without letting you know. So the fact that they really, really uh, capitalize on the aspect of even though this doesn't seem to like make any sense and it's in the beginning it doesn't make any sense but you have to keep watching it in order to get the big like payoff. And I feel like they, they go to the well with that a little bit too much but it... It, it can be 50-50. Like, the stuff with Zia Lee and the whole training, and then, like, she comes back, and now she's kicking ass. Um, Cameron Grimes currently right now with his little feud with Ted DiBiase. 
excuse me, the feud with Ted DiBiase kind of is a little bit, like, you, you wonder where is this going to head or where is this leading to, but you, you just got to wait and see, to be honest with you, but it is what it is. But, um, and the second uh, thing is, this isn't necessarily NXT's fault because NXT does an amazing job of building these stars. But I, I just now thinking about this, just now thinking, um, it, it could be two, it, it, there's two aspects to this. Um, you can only go so far with what wrestlers you have on that product right now. So when you build up like great stars like Johnny Gar, like, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, for example, they can only do so much in that space before it's like, okay, what more can you do? Who else can you go against? Who else can you fight? Now, they're doing a really good job of doing that, but there's, there becomes a time where it's like, okay, you've done all you can do in this like space. Are you going to branch out and do more? And then becomes and then it becomes that topic of okay, well, they've done all they can do um, currently in NXT. What are they going? So now they branch off into Raw and SmackDown. The thing is, though, is sometimes when wrestlers under NXT get moved to Raw and SmackDown, it's sink or swim, in my personal opinion. And I've seen this. Now, this is me coming from a fan. Uh, I'm not an expert, but I am not an expert in wrestling. I'm just speaking as a fan, and this is my fan opinion. Um, I've seen, like, wrestlers will either, like, prosper or perish, for a lack of a better term. Big examples of prospering of any former NXT superstars would be, like, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and the uh, sometimes Kevin Owens. If I can be perfectly honest, sometimes Kevin Owens and Damian Priest currently. But some of them, uh, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me to see like Otis and Shayna Baszler and like Rhea Ripley is kind of inching away. Nikki Cross is another big example. Murphy is another big example. To see, like, these superstars that have, like, made a splash in the NXT system. Only for them to branch out to go to the main roster and not really see them do much. Or to see, like, you come off this, like, fire. Shayna Baszler is, is, like, the main one, I should say. Like, you went from, like, you broke Dakota Kai's arm. You were, like, this savage badass. And then all of a sudden you lose your title to Rhea Ripley. And then you move to the main roster. And it seemingly felt like, okay, this was it. Like, Shayna Baszler has that credibility to be a badass. She can talk on the mic. She She's a monster. And then it's like, okay, now she's getting water thrown at her by, like, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. And it's like... As a fan, it's like, she can do much, she can do better than this. She's so much more, she's so much better than this. But it, it once again, WWE going to the well of like, okay, we're going to build this up. We're going to build this up. And then the payoff comes and sometimes the payoff isn't even worth the wait. But I, I digress. 
So now moving away from NXT's uh, pros and cons, we're going to go into the pros and cons I find in AEW, uh, starting with the pros. So one of the pros I really like is that it's very DIY. Like a lot of the things that um, AEW is doing is very uh, akin to that do-it-yourself um, way of wrestling. That's sort of like the, we're, we're trying new things. We're going to try this. We're going to try that. We're going to see what works. We're going to make this work for us. We're not going to worry about our, what's in behind us. We're just going to worry about trying to do the best we can currently right now and be better. Another thing, the diversity of tag teams, to be completely honest with you. I feel as though AEW has a bigger tag team division currently than Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Now, this is not a knock to NXT. NXT right now currently has, like, a very big, um, uh, well, a very prosperous tag team division with Imperium and Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, MSK being the champions currently. You have Fandango. You have um, Grizzled Young Veterans, who I love. You had, uh, once Danny Burch gets back into... uh, once Danny Burch comes back from injury, you have Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. You have tag teams out there. Uh, Legato Del Fantasma is another one. Killian Dane and Drake Maverick is another solid one. Um, you, it, It's really good. Now, I will say this. They do have a more, they do have a bigger tag team division. And then on top of that, they have factions as well. Because you have like, I feel like with AEW, with their tag teams, you have, uh, you got the Dark Order, which is like Alex, you have Alex Reynolds and John Silver, you have Ten and, um, Alan Angels, like Stu Grayson and, uh, Evil Uno, like that's already like three tag teams in one faction already. You have the Butcher and the Blade, you have FTR, you have Best Friends, which is, uh, Chuck Taylor, uh, Orange Cast. Well, no. Uh, best friends is Chuck Taylor and Trent. Uh, you have like the Inner Circle, which is Santana and Ortiz. You can also do Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho as well. Uh, Death Triangle, which is Pac and uh, uh, Penta El Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix, or you can just have the Lucha Brothers, which is Penta and uh, Phoenix. Uh, let's see, who else do you have? You have the Young Bucks, obviously. You have uh, Matt Hardy's group. So you have, uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? It's Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. I forgot what they're... Private Party, there you go. Then you have uh, the Varsity Blondes, which is Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. You have Jurassic Express, which is Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Uh, you have Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. You have the Seidel brothers. You have... Uh, it's a bevy of tag teams. And their ranking system is another aspect that I like, too. And the ranking system. Um, I'll dive into that a little bit later. But just right off the bat, you have a bevy of tag teams. And they really do their be- They really do put an emphasis on their tag team wrestling. Like, their tag team wrestling... Their tag team division, I still say, is better than Raw and well, Raw and SmackDown combined. 
Uh, nobody can touch water to NXT's tag teams. But there is a focus on tag team wrestling within AEW that I feel is sometimes missed or overlooked in WWE. Uh, so, yeah, very DIY, the tag teams. Uh, another one is it's a breath of fresh air. Like, th- like, there hasn't been major competition with WWE in 20 years. Now, you, I would, I know some people are probably going to say, well, when TNA tried to go against them, that, they did not have, TNA at the time, which is now called Impact, did not have the financial backing, I believe, nor the fan participation to compete with WWE at the time. And my brother Denzel made a very good point when it came to the uh, Monday Night Wars between WCW and WWE. It's not that WWE was better. It's only because WWE lasted longer. That's the only reason why they won. It wasn't because they were they were getting their butts handed to them in the ratings by WCW. And the more I get into wrestling and the wrestling history and the aspects of professional wrestling, he made a very good point. They lasted longer. It wasn't because they got better. It wasn't because... Like, yes, it did get better. But they still were trying to compete with WCW and ECW at the time. And they just outlasted both of those companies. So... It's a breath of fresh air to see that competition that's very much needed because with competition, there's no need for them to do lazy writing. There's no need for them to do storylines that don't make sense because it's like, oh, great. Now we have these people in the rear view. And and now, trust me, it's not like it's going to go away anytime soon. They have all this, like... Um, resources available to them. They're not just going to go away overnight just because a new company comes in and is now three years old. That's not going to happen. What I'm saying is it has them thinking maybe we can do better. It opens up the ideas to more opportunities, to more um, situations they can find themselves in that is beneficial to the pro wrestling community as a whole. And it contributes to the product as a whole. So there's that. Um, Another thing. Uh, this is a small detail I started to notice. Uh, the, they wrap up their stories, like, really, really well. Like, you can have a three-week build, a four-week build, a 16-week build with a certain storyline between two wrestlers, and they just wrap it completely. Like, the Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho, which was, like, three, like, three major matches in one. That whole storyline just ended with... Orange Cassidy coming out on top. And then they move on to the next thing. There's no, oh, there's a rematch. There's no lingering. They get to the, they build it up. Excuse me. They ha- they build it up. They go all the way with the storyline. Stuff happens. People get injured. The friends get involved. Things like that. They build all this stuff up until they get to the uh, blow off and boom. That's it. There's no, there's no, oh, like, what's going to happen next? There's no, like, oh, we got to go back to this, to the well. No, it's pretty much never mentioned again, which I also like. I really, really enjoy that aspect because every storyline, there's the payoff, and then we move on to the next thing. What's next? I really enjoy how effortlessly 
they like will can they'll start a storyline, they'll continue the storyline, and then they'll end it. Like building up the whole thing with like um, uh, Jungle Boy versus FTR and Jurassic Express and how they did all that. Like that just ended. Uh, Best Friends versus Santina, uh, Santina, uh, Santana and Ortiz. I apologize if I butchered your name, Santana. Uh, with Best Friends versus like Santana and Ortiz. They do all that, it ends with this, like, this crazy, like, uh, parking lot brawl, and boom. Uh, the stuff with, um, the stuff with Darby Allen and Sting versus Team Taz, do all that. They had that match in that warehouse, and boom, move on to the next big thing. It, it, I really enjoy how they will start something and end it, and it's just, it, and it's not that it's never mentioned again. It just, like, wraps it up with a bow. It has its conclusion. And I feel like sometimes WWE will either start a storyline and then forget about it and then don't, and they don't mention it again. Or they'll continue a storyline and then it just has a, a, a poor payoff. Or it's not the payoff that seemingly made sense to fans, if, if that makes sense. So that's one of the uh, another aspect. Um, like I, I already talked about the much needed competition. Like seeing NXT and then seeing NXT versus like AEW for the Wednesday Night War, so to speak. It it was very. Um, I I know a lot of people have mixed feelings on it. They don't want to call it a Wednesday Night War. It's not really a war. If like AEW is continually beating them in the ratings, um, I don't want to. C- like, I want to make that aware and make that, like, put that out in the open that that's an actual thing. But I, I personally feel as though with uh, the much-needed competition, it is a breath of fresh air and you need that competition to want to do better. So I already talked about that. Um, you get, um, another aspect, you get eyes on new wrestlers. Like, yes, NXT does that, but this is a whole bigger thing. It's one thing to come up under the WWE umbrella, but it's a whole nother thing when you're a homegrown talent and you have that eye on you that people are like, oh, um, this is my first time seeing Kenny Omega outside of, like, this is, like, yeah, this is my first time seeing Kenny Omega because he had spent, like, 10-plus years or so in New Japan, and now he's being brought in on that bigger stage. Like, a lot of these guys who are from New Japan, only the really um, informative or really alert wrestling fan is aware of uh, talent like Kenny Omega, like Hangman Adam Page, uh, like like Mike and Matt Seidel, like um, Butcher and the Blade. You only really didn't even know about some of these wrestlers because a lot of them either come from Impact, come from uh, NWA, I want to say they have that partnership, come from Ring of Honor, uh, P, uh, PWG, CZW, a lot of them came up from the indies, uh, New Japan is another one, but you don't really, and AAA, I should say, and Lucha Underground as well. But not a lot of them really knew who these people were. And a lot of them are just starting out. You know, they're homegrown talent, like a Jungle Boy. Um, yeah, like homegrown talent. Uh, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, uh, the 
Dwayne and Dante Martin is another one. Like Aaron Solo, the Freak Beast. Like a lot of them have like a past history with other companies, but this is like your first like eyes on them. So the homegrown talent, uh, veterans who have been looked over. So people who have been in this business ten plus years who never really felt like um, who fans really never thought they got their proper like eyes on them. Uh, you have those talents. And you have the recent indie talent that I have mentioned, like a Jungle Boy, like a Marco Stunt, like a Luchasaurus. So uh, that's one thing that I like about uh, AEW. And another thing, they stay in their lane or their proverbial lane because to them, it's not so much like you see the little like hints like, hey, we're mentioning like a WWE thing or like they're aware of it. Like you cannot um, honestly, like fans are smart. But there's, like, good, smart, and then there's, like, oh, yeah, I'm totally hip to everything that's going on. But I feel as though, in my aspect, I'm not that. I'm more of, like, hey, I'm aware of, like, hey, you know, we know what Google is. We know Chris Jericho has worked for these separate companies. It's, like, we're aware. It's, like, they're not trying to be, um, they're not trying to, like, push it under the rug or like say hey uh we know this person's did this so yeah wink wink nudge nudge you don't have to mention it but no it's like they they're more focused on what's in their future like i said they're more focused on hey we understand that there's this 50 year old juggernaut that has been around for years and years and we understand it's a giant monster but we're not too we're not focused on that. What we're focused on is building our own product, building our own stars and doing our own thing in our own lane. That's what we're going to focus on and that's what our mission is is to bring fans another option out there that hasn't been relatively open for fans in a very long time. So that is one thing I really like about them uh air quotes staying in their lane. Uh, another thing is very entertaining. Like I, I was originally going to wait to do this episode, but after watching last night's um, AEW episode, which is a week after the Blood and Guts um, episode, uh, I I was very entertained. From, like, the Young Burks versus SCU, the stuff that's going on, like, Miro becoming the new TNT championship after beating Darby Allin, and Darby Allin was, like, killing it, defending the TNT championship Week in and week out against Jungle Boy and John Silver and uh, Scorpio Sky and defending his title against uh, Preston Vance or 10 from the Dark Order. Like, I, it, it's been very entertaining and I, I'm really interested to see what always happens next. Like, they're doing a continuation of the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. Like, it's really, really interesting and entertaining and it always keeps my attention and it's just it's an amazing show and then like I was really excited because I really wanted to see Pac versus uh Orange Cassidy to see who's gonna face Kenny Omega uh double double or nothing at the end of this month and to see the outcome of how that ended up going that was another cool twist so yeah I'm very very into the um entertaining aspect because I feel as though with AEW you're getting both of the entertainment and the wrestling. NXT, I do believe, focuses more on the wrestling. Now, not to say they don't focus on the entertainment part because it's there. But I feel like the wrestling part takes a precedent over the um, entertainment part. Whereas AEW is both entertaining and like the wrestling just goes hand in hand. 
And it, it's amazing to watch. And I'm very interested in it. Uh, next is very progressive. Like, one of their main things that they really wanted to um, showcase on AEW is how progressive they are as a company. So having uh, Nyla Rose, who is transgender, on their show, having Sonny Kiss, who is openly gay and very open with his sexuality and um, the liberty he takes with his pronouns, and having Diamante on the show. So it's a very progressive show, and they're not limiting it based on like, oh, just because you're this, you're this, you're this, you can't be on the main stage of this. It's like, no, everyone, wrestling is for everyone, and they mean it. And and it's not, and not to disrespect WWE, you know, they do have very progressive wrestling aspects on the show, but I feel like as though both companies don't want to make it like this only thing, but it just feels in a more progressive sense to see this in wrestling and to always hammer it home. Wrestling is for everybody. So, there's that. And it's uh, it's something new. Like, like I said, you know, I started watching, like, I started watching in, like, late 2005, early 2006. I missed the Monday night wars. I miss, like, watching ECW week in and week out. I missed on that. Like, I haven't really watched another wrestling company since I was watching Impact. And by that time, it was just WWE and Impact. And then after a while, I kind of fell off watching Impact as well, because I watched that from, like, 2009 to 2011, 2012, and then I stopped watching. And then from then on, it was just WWE. So to see, like, um, AEW, cause I had already been aware of like, uh, BTE or being the elite as it was called, which was started by the young bucks. And you saw regulars like Adam page and Cody Rhodes and like just seeing them, uh, start out and do what they do. And then for this to become a huge thing and they're continuing to do being the elite with Kenny Omega and everybody else. And it's it's an amazing thing to watch. And to see something new for the first time in about, like, a couple of years is also amazing. And to see, like, some of your favorites, like Christian Cage, like I said, John Moxley, who was formerly known as Dean Ambrose, and then to see them on the product, to see Sting on TNT again, to see Paul White, formerly known as The Big Show, um... Yeah, it's it's amazing thing. And then, like, the stuff Brody got to do before he passed away. May Brody Lee rest in peace. He was a very good dude, very solid wrestler. And I'm glad I got to see what he could do as the Brody Lee, the Mr. Brody Lee character. So I'm glad I started watching that. And I'm, kick, I'm kicking myself because I said I was going to watch it when it was first starting out. And like me, being like my friends know, I'm very lazy when it comes to watching anything new. Uh, the same thing with NXT, like, I think I, I think I did watch the first episode of NXT, and then I just never stuck with it, but now I just watch it, like, every week, and it's like, this thing with me, it was like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna watch it, but I'm gonna wait to watch it, or, but it's like, this past week, it was like, I don't, I'll watch it later, because I have a DVR, but then it's like, but if I go on my phone, I'm gonna get spoiled by news reports about what's happening, so I might as well just watch it live, excuse me. So, there's that. So, one of the... So, I only have, like, not that many cons when it comes to AEW, but uh, production... Uh, you know what, I'm gonna tie in the production with the 
the finishes, the past two finishes of two major matches. So, one of the biggest things that has recently uh, been in the internet wrestling community, or the IWC, is the finish to the barbed wire death match between the explode. Let me get this correct. The exploding barbed wire death match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. Now, if you don't know, you can look it up. But basically, if you looked up previous exploding barbed wire death match uh, uh, matches, I should say, you'll notice that the ending has this huge explosion. This major explosion that's very crazy. And to make a long story short, the finish for that match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega, it uh it did not go over well. If you want to see it, you can look it up, but it did not go over well. Um, and it became the butt of a joke for about a week or so. And sometimes people still talk about it because the last thing, that, like Bully Ray has said, and Dave LaGreca has said on the Busted Open podcast, shout out to them, I love listening to the Busted Open podcasts, you always remember the finish. And man, <laughs> that was strike one. Then, most recently, was the Blood and Guts match that happened on AEW last week, which was a War Games-esque match between the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle, and the biggest thing there was when uh, Chris Jericho gets thrown off a cage by MJ, uh, MJF. And the way he landed was, once again, strike two. You always remember the finish. Now, I will say this. Um, yes, the production can always be better. You're like, in, you, you can only give so much of the, oh, they're a young company. Yes, you want to give them the young company. Yes. Um, it's, it's only two major things, you know, they're aware of it, they're very self-aware of it, but that, that would be one, so the production, and I just think the women's division can be a lot better, and by a lot better, I mean focused on more, like, you have a really good, um, stack of female talent on your roster, you have Nyla Rose, who's an absolute, absolute beast, Literally and figuratively, because that is her name, the Native Beast. So she's a beast. You have Jade Cargill. You got Chris Statlander, Penelope Ford. Um, Jade Cargill is like one of my favorites. You have Red Velvet in there. Uh, Hikaru Shida. You can do a lot with Hikaru Shida. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And yes, I'm doing the point. She's blowing up currently right now. But I feel as though you can... uh, Add more to that because I can't remember if I actually saw a women's match on this past episode of AEW. I don't think I did, which is like a little, I don't want to say a little bit disappointing because you have that talent there. I loved what they were doing with Big Swole versus Brip. Oh, they did have a match. It was Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa was on. But she's an NWA talent. I'm talking about like an AEW talent. I just, I just feel like you're, like, I don't want to say they're missing, you know what, I will say this. They're missing an opportunity. You know, I got to stop sugarcoating it. 
they're missing an opportunity. Right now, women's wrestling ha- is has been on fire for the past, like, what, three years now? Pa- yeah, the past three, four years now. Women's wrestling is as hot as it has ever been in the recent years that has been going on. We are far from the bra and panties mud wrestling matches. We have... We have matches now where women are in steel cage matches. We're in we're in that area of now where women have done these amazing extreme rules, these heavy hitting matches. There's no reason nor excuse you have as to why these women cannot come out here and bring their A game just as well as the men do. There's no excuse. There really is no excuse. So I think they can step up their game with their women's wrestling. They need to. Because NXT right now, I'm going to be honest with you, still by far best women's wrestling division currently right now. My wholehearted opinion. But those are my cons when it comes to AEW. And some of my favorite wrestlers on AEW uh, currently, because I already talked about the NXT ones, are uh, The Dark Order, Butcher and the Blade, and the bunny, so I really like Allie. Uh, Brian Cage, FTR, I love, love, love the fact that FD, FTR have like this uh, rejuvenation in their careers. Uh, Chris Jericho, Christian Cage, best friends, Cody Rose, Darby Allen. I love Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston is by far one of my, like, all-time favorites to the point I gotta get his merch because Eddie Kingston is just becoming one of my all-time favorites right now. Uh, Ethan Page, uh, Hangman Adam Page, Inner Circle, John Moxley, Jurassic Express, Kenny Omega, Lance Archer, he's up there, uh, Matt Hardy, The Young Bucks, Death Triangle, uh, Anna Jay of The Dark Order, Big Swole, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, Jay Cargill, I'm so excited to see what more they can do with Jay Cargill. Because at this point, Jay Cargill looks like she can kick everyone's ass. Uh, Chris Statlander is amazing and interesting to watch. And I like what they're doing with Tay Conti. Tay Conti is on fire. So those are a couple of my favorites when it comes to the professional wrestling aspect. But yeah, um, to summarize this whole episode... I feel as though both companies do bring a breath of fresh air and new eyes on the product in a way we haven't seen before in, like, a very, very long time. And I'm excited to be able to watch wrestling, like, five days a week now. Because you have Monday Night Raw, you have Tuesday Night uh, NXT, you have Wednesday Night uh, AEW Dynamite, uh, you have... Uh, Thursday night with Impact on Access TV, and you have SmackDown, which is on Fox. So SmackDown's on Fox, Impact's on Access TV, AEW's on uh, TNT, um, and Raw and NXT are both on the USA Network. I highly recommend it. And if I were to give my pecking order, uh, if we were just gonna... Yeah, if I had to give my pecking order currently, I'd gotta say AEW and like NXT are tied for first place. But AEW is currently, like, number one for me. So I'd say AEW, NXT, uh, SmackDown, Raw, only because I... Raw is on four because I only recently started watching Impact right now. So that's why it's placing fifth in my book. But yeah. 
AEW is just top tier because you have entertainment and you have the wrestling aspect. I love the sort of like getting in on the ground floor on something that's new and fresh. And I, I really enjoy that. But yeah, I, I highly recommend like AEW and NXT. If, if you want wrestling, hard-hitting wrestling, NXT is your best bet. If you want like um, entertainment and wrestling, go with AEW. But both brands have been, like, a very big, like, like a sigh of relief to just witness wrestling just at its finest. And at its, like, in its prime and at its finest, where you have these new stars coming in and they're all fresh and hungry and ready to, like, change the world and to change the pro wrestling business and put it on its head. It's, it's, it's amazing to watch. And I, I'm really enjoying being a wrestling fan right now because... I remember, like, starting out, like, oh, this is something new, and being excited to see what's going to happen next each week, and to see it, and then, like, having that feeling again is just amazing, and with, like, brighter eyes, too, to the product, because now my eyes are just even more open to everything that's going on. It's been really fun, it's been really interesting, and I I really enjoy it. Um, So, I'm going to cut this episode uh, to a close. Um, it's been really fun and yeah, let's just close out this episode. So like I said before, my name is Brittany. Uh, this is the Status Alternative Podcast. I'm kind of tiptoeing around the idea of getting a Twitter, but don't quote me on that. Kind of tiptoeing with that idea. Uh, once again, um, I am on Tumblr at RollMarterX, and I am also on Instagram at RollMarterX. Also, if you would like to leave, like, a quick video message, um, uh, I'll leave the link in the description. Um, just, I want to hear, I want to make this more interactive, like I said in previous episodes. I'm, like, I don't know, 11 episodes deep or so. I'm almost, like, I got two more episodes until I start season two. But yeah, I want to make this more interactive. Tell me some stuff you guys are, like, currently watching. If you're watching NXT or AEW, tell me some things you like about it, some things you don't like about it. I'd love to hear these video messages, and I want to make this more interactive. Because it's more fun when it's more interactive and you're talking to people about, like, similar things that you like. So, uh, yeah. Like I said before, and I'll say it again, uh, this is the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany, and I will catch you on the next episode. Bye.